We're reading from Bhagavad Gita, chapter 6, verse 6. Bandaratmatmanastasya yenatmaivatmanachita for him who has conquered the mind, the mind is the best of friends, but for one who has failed to do so, his mind will remain the greatest enemy. Purport. Purpose of practicing a full yoga is to control the mind in order to make it a friend in discharging the human mission. Unless the mind is controlled, the practice of yoga is simply a waste of time. One who cannot control his mind lives always with the greatest enemy, and thus his life and his mission are spoiled. The constitutional position of the living entity is to carry out the order of the superior. As long as one's mind remains an unconquered enemy, one has to serve dictations of lust, anger, avarice, illusion, etc. But when the mind is conquered, one voluntarily agrees to abide by dictation of the personality of Godhead, who is situated within the heart of everyone as Paramatma. Real yoga practice entails meeting Paramatma within the heart and then following his dictation. For one who takes to Krishna consciousness directly, perfect surrender to dictation of the Lord follows automatically. Mukam karoti vachalam pangam lankaite giring yagi pantamaham bande si gurun tiratavinam omagyana timiranda sagaranja shakaya chakshuminitam yena So we have a, a problem in this world, and that is our own mind, our mad mind. Now, the mind can be the best of friends, it can also be the worst enemy. So how do we control the mind? What do we do? How can we help the mind to become our friend? So it is explained in Bhagavad Gita that if you hear about Krishna, this is expert treatment for the mad mind. And what is the diet? Prasadam, food offered to Krishna. So today we'll have expert treatment for the mad mind in the class and afterwards we'll have the diet. We'll have spiritual food, prasadam. So there has to be a balance. Another verse here in the sixth chapter. He who is regulated in his habits of eating, sleeping, recreation and work can mitigate all material pains by practicing the yoga system. So four things have to be balanced. Eating, sleeping, recreation, and work. These four have to be in balance. And if you can balance these four, you can have all your pains go away. So this is the challenge of our life. Uh, this actually, to have this balance means that you are in the mode of goodness. Goodness. In Ayurvedic medicine, also, the same word expresses the essence of Ayurvedic medicine. Balance. You have to balance the doses. So, all of us who live in this world have to balance our life in these four areas. 
And then all of our miseries will be finished. So Srila Prabhupada has explained, if you want to be a yogi at home, then you cannot work hard for a living and be a yogi. Your work should be anxiety-less, no stress, no stress at work. And you should eat moderately, gratify the senses moderately, don't be awake at night. The more you can reduce, and you'll keep good health for spiritual practice. So Srila Prabhupada was lecturing on this verse about balance. Don't eat too much, don't sleep too much, don't sleep too little, don't eat too little. And after the lecture, one small boy, eight years old, he asked Prabhupada the question, Swamiji, you said if you eat too much, you will pay. But how about the devotee if he eats too much prasadam? So Prabhupada said, you want to eat more? And boy said, I just want to know how. Prabhupada said, you think you're eating more? Yes, you can eat more. It is medical advice. There are two kinds of mistakes in eating, overeating and undereating. So undereating mistake for old man is very good. And overeating mistake for boys, that is good. So you can overeat. I cannot. So then the boy asked, how about Tamal and Vishnu John Maharaj? Can they eat more? <laughs> Prabhupada said, no, they cannot. But you can eat as much as you like, free pass. So we have to keep our mind balanced. Sometimes in this world, our mind tells us, this one is my friend, this one is my enemy. So, another small boy, Prahlad Maharaj, he gave this advice to his father. Don't discriminate in your heart between enemies and friends. Make your mind equipoise toward everyone. Except for the uncontrolled and misguided mind, there is no enemy in this world. So this is the advice, this is the lesson today. Who is the enemy and what we can do about it? And uh, who is how we can get the protection of Krishna from our enemy. So our greatest enemy can be our mind. Here in this purport it says, as long as the mind remains an unconquered enemy, one has to serve dictations of lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness, and enviousness. So Arjuna, later on in this chapter, he compared the mind to the wind. Here we have wind. Wind is also one of our grooves. We can learn something from the wind. We can learn a lesson. When the wind blows in many directions at once, the atmosphere becomes agitated. Similarly, if the mind is constantly attracted, repelled by material objects, there will be such mental disturbance that we cannot think of the absolute truth. So we have to learn from the wind the art of moving through this world without attachment. So the wind, when it blows across our beautiful garden in the back, it picks up the aroma of the flowers. 
And then after some time, it drops the aroma. And sometimes it goes over a garbage dump and it picks up the bad smell. It carries it for some time and then it drops it. So the same, same thing in, in our life. We have happiness and we have distress. So we should learn to let it go. We have, we keep it for some time and then drop it. And distress also, don't keep it, don't keep meditating on the negative of our life. Keep it for some time. You can grieve for your loved ones that you lose, but then you have to drop it and go on with your life. So this is the lesson we learned from the whim. So how do we lose control? First we have karma, we have some desire to get something. And if we don't fulfill our desire, we become angry. So karma, krodha. Lust, anger. And then, after becoming angry, then we become bewildered by greed. Greed. There is one, um, one of the richest men in the world. He lived some years back. And uh, one of the richest men, I think his name was Getty, Thomas Paul Getty. So someone asked him, what, what is your goal in life? He answered in one word, more. <laughs> I want more. He, no matter how much he had, he was not satisfied. So his mind was his enemy. His mind was his enemy. So this is a problem with our modern society. And we are not satisfied with what we have. So there's a problem when, with money in the earning and attainment, increase, protection, expense, loss, and enjoyment of money. Everyone experiences labor, fear, anxiety, and delusion. So this is a problem when the mind becomes our enemy. One of our devotees was in Ireland. I just came from Ireland, distributing books. He met one man on the street, and the man told him, the happiest day of my life was when I bought my boat. <laughs> because in Ireland, there's many lakes and rivers. So people have boats. He said, but then the happiest day of my life was when I sold my boat. <laughs> because it was more trouble to maintain than the enjoyment I got from it. And so this was, this was, uh, yes, this is what happens. We get, this, we get the things, but then we're not happy with what we get. They don't make us happy. So, kam, krod, lo, moha. The whole world is serving the senses. But if we gauge our senses in spiritual life, in the service of Krishna, then we will no longer remain servant of the senses. We'll be master of the senses. Swami. So there is one old American Indian story. There are two dogs fighting. These two dogs are in our heart. There's a good, good dog and there's a bad dog. 
There is a material dog and there is a spiritual dog. And they're fighting for control of our soul. Which dog is going to win? The one we feed the most. You feed your material dog, it's going to win. If you feed your spiritual dog, the spiritual dog will win. So what do we feed the material dog? Hmm. We feed internet, uh, Facebook. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can spiritualize internet and Facebook, but it's not so easy. Not so easy. Then we have our cell phones. <laughs> Can't live without. Uh, yes, but if we spiritualize it, then that's very good. And that is the idea. We have these problems with our mind, and we just need to spiritualize everything. So we, uh, what we do with lust, lust, it's not only, um, we're lusty to do something for our sense gratification. So the same desire can be used in Krishna consciousness for serving Krishna. Just like you work so hard every day for getting money to satisfy your senses. So in the same way, you can work very hard the whole day for purifying your senses, for getting spiritual happiness. Our guru, Srila Prabhupada, he gives an example that somebody may stay up the whole night writing a book for sense gratification. Uh, so I'll, I'll become a famous author and get lots of money. The same thing a devotee can do. Prabhupada says, I'm staying up all night writing books. So, But this is for spiritual spiritual purification. And if I do this, if you use your, your senses in this way, then you can become free from all misery and make your mind your friend. So anger, how, so that's how you can use lust. Anger, you can use if somebody is attacking the devotees, you can protect the devotees. And anger, greed, you can be greedy for doing some, yeah, prasadam, I heard somebody's greedy for prasadam. Just wait, <laughs> it will come. <laughs> greedy for prasadam, okay, yes, you can eat your way back to Godhead. Uh, also, you can be greedy for, for service, for service to Krishna, let me do more service, let me chant more, let me read more, let me serve the the temple more, serve the devotees. And so that's a way to you, you can use your greed. How can you use your illusion, illusion moha? Just like if you're, you're separated from somebody you love, then you're feeling agitated, you're feeling like you really want to see that person. So the same way if you're separated from the devotees and from Krishna, you can feel illusion, like, oh, the whole world is empty unless I see. Krishna again. So in this way we can make our mind our friend. So how can we get protection from these six enemies? From Krishna. Krishna protects us. If we want to be protected, we can get protection from Krishna. Now we don't. Do we have a picture? Yes, we have some pictures of Krishna. Is a picture over there? Um, yeah. So if... Uh, picture over there of Krishna. He's the one with the peacock feather on his head. 
So if you lift up his foot, you will see underneath one mark of a disc. It's a very bright, like looks like the sun. And if you meditate on this disc, it will cut down your six enemies of your mind. Lust, anger, greed, illusion, madness, and enviousness. So this is one way to get protection. So what will Krishna protect us from? The first thing he'll protect us from is anxiety over our future maintenance. In Gita he says, those who worship me with devotion, meditating on my transcendental form, I carry what they lack and preserve what they have. So one time, how does this happen? Uh, we have this experience, if you chant Hare Krishna, you don't have to worry for your maintenance. Uh, in the early days in San Francisco, one time the devotees were, uh, had no money to pay the rent and they, they were going to get kicked out from their apartment. They needed $400 and the devotees didn't have the money. So they went out to chant Hare Krishna, Hare Nam on the streets. And one man came up with an envelope, gave it to them. Inside was four hundred dollars, <laughs> and this was and then another another month, same problem. They went out in the street chanting, and they saw hundred dollar bills floating down the street. <laughs> so it help, it works. <laughs> if you go and do Harinam, <laughs> do Harinam, then or if you chant yourself at home then it, you, will, you will see that you don't have to worry. So that's one type of protection you get anxiety, from anxiety for maintenance. Another protection Krishna will give you if you chant is protection from fall down, from leaving the spiritual path. There was one devotee, he was very advanced devotee, he left everything, he left his house, he went to the jungle to practice bhakti yoga, Krishna consciousness. But then one day uh, there was a baby deer who fell in the river and he saved that baby deer. And then he became so attached to the deer, he forgot about his spiritual life. So what was he thinking of at the time of death? He was thinking of the deer. And what did happen? What happened? What did he become in his next life? A deer. But he was protected by Krishna even though he fell down. So he remembered his previous life as a devotee. And so the next life he was born in a devotee family, Brahmin family, and he went back to the spiritual world. So Krishna will protect us. Even if we do some little service for Krishna out of sentiment, even if we're not uh, finished, we don't get, become mature, he will protect us. He will protect us from going away. Now what else does Krishna protect us from if we engage in Krishna consciousness? Protection from Maya. Maya means temptations 
of this material world by chanting the strengths. If you chant Hare Krishna every day, then you'll be protected. Now another thing you'll be protected from is bad qualities. All good qualities manifest in the devotee. All the demonic qualities will disappear simply by chanting. And what else? We have, well, we have sinful desires, even though Krishna says, why am I forced to act sinfully, even though I don't want to? And Krishna said, this is due to lust only. So we have these sinful desires, and uh, we don't surrender to Krishna. So Krishna says, don't worry, if you surrender to me, I'll protect you from all your sinful desires, sinful reactions, karma, if you're worried about your karma, he'll protect you from your, your bad karma. So you might have the question, okay, if I surrender to Krishna, then I'll be protected. But when does the protection start? Do I have to be 100% surrendered to be protected by Krishna? Or can I be like 5% surrendered or 10%? And the answer is immediate protection. As soon as you chant one mantra, you take one mouth of prasad, you got protection from Krishna. You've got his protection. You just begin, there is a beautiful purport, Srimad Bhagavatam. Just begin your devotional service and you will have protection from Krishna. So very difficult to control the mind. But if we offer our mind to Krishna, let him take control. He'll surely help us. There's a beautiful verse in Chaitanya Charitamritam, which I'll share with you. Katanshana smite yasmin duskaram sukaram bhave vismite vipritam sya shi chaitanya namamitam. Things that are very difficult to do become easy to do if one somehow or other remembers Lord Chaitanya. So here is Lord Chaitanya up on the right. You remember him, then things that are difficult to do will become easy. But if you do not remember Lord Chaitanya, even easy things become difficult to do. To this Lord Chaitanya, I offer my respectful obeisances. So we will stop here if there's any questions at this time. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much, Mataji. Uh, in the corporate, the brother mentioned that, there is, uh, uh, that we should abide authorities. We should? Abide. Uh, obey. Obey. Obey authorities. Can you explain more about that? What does okay. That well, the thing is, we have to obey somebody. So you got your choice of two. Who to obey? The material dog or the spiritual dog? The material authority or the spiritual authority? That's your choice. Your free will. You have your free will. And you can choose who to obey. If you obey the material dog, then you will get bad karma and you will suffer. If you obey the spiritual dog, then you'll get free from suffering and you will make your mind your friend and your mind will help you to get out of the miserable conditions 
of this material world. So yes, when the mind is conquered, one voluntarily agrees to abide by dictation of the personality of Godhead, who is in the heart. So the Lord is in our heart. He's trying to give us instructions that will help us reach the spiritual world. But we're not listening. So we're not listening. So he came out and he spoke Bhagavad Gita. So then you can hear it better. You can hear much better. Here's the words, surrender to me, Krishna says. So now you heard it. Now it's your choice. <laughs> uh, you heard his instructions. Yes, we need to obey the spiritual, the spiritual master, the spiritual dog, the spiritual guru, the supreme personality of Godhead. And then we can have eternal life full of bliss and knowledge. We can go to the spiritual world where there is no birth, no death, no disease, and no old age. These are the main sufferings in this material world. Any other question? I think you'll have to translate for me. For <laughs> well, the question is, is Krishna's father married to Yes. <laughs> yes, Krishna's father and mother are husband and wife. Yeah. Any other questions? <laughs> Yashoda and Krishna, Nanda and Yashoda. Yes, Nanda and Yashoda. Also Devaki and Vasudev. He has two sets of parents. Eternally married. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> How did I meet Prabhupada? Well, I, I didn't meet him in person. At first I met the devotees in Boston, 1970. So I was searching for a guru and I was trying different ones. The, I, I tried this one, you pay $35. The price has gone up to $1,500 for a bunch. <laughs> Just come to us, we'll give it to you free. <laughs> no need to pay so much money for a mantra. Uh, so, but, and he said, you chant this mantra, you'll become God in six months. Didn't work. So then I went to the temple and I asked, what is your process? And they say, you chant, you dance, and you eat. And I said, so if I follow this, what can I hope to achieve? And they said, you will see God face to face. So then I was going to temple, and after three, four months, the devotee said, Prabhupada is coming. So I, they said, you can stay overnight in the temple. And so I stayed. But he didn't come. Instead, he sent four sannyasis. And one of them was Vishnu John Maharaj. So we went on Harinam the whole weekend. And after that, I decided, why should I go back home? I'm happy. 
and I went and said goodbye to my husband and joined. But he joined two months later. So, uh, yeah, then I, uh, the first time I met Prabhupada was in Florida after six, seven months after that. And he would, I, mean, I saw him in the airport, and for the first time in my life, I, I felt this is where I belong. Before, I never belonged in anything, school, nothing. I didn't belong. I didn't feel I belong here. When I was 10 years old, I was looking at the children, and I was thinking, I'm not one of them. Maybe I'm from another country, or maybe I'm from another planet, but one thing I know is I'm not American, I'm not one of them. And so, finally, after I met Prabhupada, I said, this is where I belong. And I was following behind him, and I felt that I can do this the rest of my life. And I felt secure, protected, and finally, this is my place. I found my place. So that's how I met you, Prabhupada. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Any other questions? Mm -hmm. Thank you, Mataji. Welcome. What, what should we do when we encounter injustice? Right. So, if you're in the material world, then there are ways to um, go about it. If you see somebody attacking, then you call the police, 911. They have their ways to do it. Uh, and if, if it is something you can uh, take care of, then you can take steps to do something. But if, if it's out of your control, then um, you have to approach the proper authorities to see who, who, who handles such injustice, then you have to, to do that. And if everything fails, if all else fails, then pray. <laughs> all else fails. But you, try your, you do your best to counteract it, if it's within your means, within your control. But you have to see, first see, is there anything I can do? And if there's nothing you can do about it, then, then just pray. Pray for the people to understand their mistakes and to it, it, that it should be rectified. Anything else? Yeah. Now if it happens to be injustice to yourself, that's another thing. You can forgive. You can you have to forgive. Yeah. Okay, any other questions? Jai, I'll go with Shri Prabhupada.